Hello, and welcome to the Overland Journal podcast. I'm your host, Scott Brady, and I'm here with my illustrious co-hosts, co-hosts. co-hosts. Matt Scott and Ashley Giordano. So thank you all for being here because we're going to talk about the Rebel Rally, which is, I think, one of the coolest events that we have in North America. I think it's one of the coolest events on the planet. And it has been so successful because of a lot of reasons that we're going to talk about today. Matt and Ashley were just there. We were there, actually. About like a week about a week ago. You both had different roles. So maybe start off by telling the listener what you guys were both doing there at the event. Why don't you start? Because mine was fluid. Okay. So I was social media manager. And so I captured the essence of what was going on on the ground and posted so the fans back home could see. So you were doing, you were doing active posting during out the whole event. Yes. Okay. So you were the one that was keeping us all up to date. I love that. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. I guess I was internal media. So that was pretty cool to be on the other side of the event and see it from the inside out, which is cool. That's my third year as part of the internal media team there. And were you involved with the event before that? I was not. In a different capacity or you've only worked in the internal media side. Correct. And and how did you get connected with Emily Miller and the whole... I don't really remember exactly how I had this idea that I wanted to help out, but I I just sent Emily an email one day asking if I could volunteer and uh, she said yes. So I was pretty stoked about that. And then we worked at King of the Hammers together and she got down on one knee and proposed to me and asked if I could help with the social (laughs) media at the next year's Rebel Rally. That's awesome. It was was great. She's wonderful. Yes. Well, and (laughs) thanks to this week's sponsor, GCI Outdoor. Whether you're heading out for a weekend of adventure in the woods or to your backyard fire pit, GCI Outdoor gear is ready for whatever you have planned. GCI Outdoor has been around for 25 years, so they know what they're doing when it comes to the best in portable recreation gear. GCI has innovative products ranging from outdoor rockers to complete camp kitchens and everything in between. And with a limited lifetime warranty, you know they stand behind everything they make. GCI Outdoor Gear is comfortable, durable, and built for adventures, big and small. Try them out for yourself. Head over to their website at GCIOutdoor.com and save 10% off your first purchase when you sign up for their email list. Thanks again, GCI. (laughs) We can't talk about the Rebel Rally without talking about Emily Miller because she is one of the most professional and accomplished event organizers in the country. And she's also a very accomplished racer and driver in her own right. And if I recall correctly, she started off by participating and racing in the Trophy Aisha de Gazelles that's conducted in Morocco. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I think she did some desert that, racing because yeah, she, she did. was mentored by Rod Hall, mm-hmm. yeah. a really, really close friend of hers. Um, so I think she did a lot of score stuff and Nora. Yep. Um, I don't know the classes cause there's like a new class every week, Super, but I know yeah. she did one of them Yeah, and had quite a bit of success on that. And then definitely went on to the rally. Aisha de gazelles. And then, uh, I'm just glad that she brought kind of that similar format of the navigation rally. So, I mean, I guess let's back up and let's talk about what the rebel rally is. So first off, it's the longest off-road race, off-road rally. Um, don't say race. It's a rally in the United States, which is incredibly impressive. The course this year was 2,200 kilometers. Wow. Of which I would say. 90% of that would have been dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just some areas that the course this year started actually at Hoover Dam. So that's where tech inspection was. So that was really cool to be able to like, I don't know, hang out at Hoover Dam. Sure. Day. And then uh, did tech inspection. Damn. Um, there's a lot of damn jokes. <laughs> but then the this next totally day, damn they left there. from uh, Lake Las Vegas. That's kind of the hotel. That was like the, the, the host hotel. And there's prologue stage, which went up kind of by area 50 
51. So it, it kind of did like a loop of Southern Nevada. No um, abductions in area 51 that you're aware of? No, no, I did. I did. Any stop unaccounted the, for I did teams? stop at the little alien. Inn. Um, I saw the, the um, earth rower parked there and I was like, what is happening there? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like this uh, really kooky dive bar. Um, they have basically a, a, an alien burger that is served on a hoagie, which is if you're a fan of dive bar cheeseburgers and those really cheap pickles. Yeah. it's, it's It was a, on point. It was on point. Um, <laughs> some kooks working there for sure. But anyway, so no loss of time for you. No Matt. loss of time. Okay. Um, Got it. You know, except for that one thing. So first base camp, basically they, they kind of, most of the base camps you're at for, for two nights and you'd transit to the base camp and then do a loop from that base camp and then transit to the next base oh, camp. Cool. So, you know, the first base camp for stage one, no stage one and two. Yes. Stage one and two. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, like two day, nights. Two nights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started from there it was maybe 45 minutes North of Rachel, which is on the extraterrestrial highway. It was, it was an interesting area. Like it was super pretty. Is that where the storm came in or was that later? Mm-hmm. No, that was, was in the later. Amargosa Valley. Oh, we got to talk about that. We'll yeah, get cool. to the storm that. That looked fantastic. Others maybe more than it did me in the earth. <laughs> I felt really bad. No, you didn't. Sort of. No, you didn't. <laughs> I shared it with my friends. Um, but yeah. there was a ranch at that. Yeah, there's a ranch. The first base camp as well, which and they, was cool. And they've been nice. ranching there as a family since the 1800s. Amazing. It was really cool. So that one was particular was on private property. A lot of the events on BLM land, because um, there's just so much BLM land. Uh, Especially in Nevada, everywhere. The event has such a great relationship with the land managers. And I think, yeah, that, that's kind of one of the themes I see is, is I don't necessarily want to call it conservation, but it's a, a, an incredibly healthy respect for the land, for the agencies that allow this, an event like this to happen. What do you think they do different to, uh, to help maintain that energy drink sponsors? Got it. Maybe just less energy drink being consumed in no, general. You know, I, I think, I think one, it's a different style of competition. It's not, let's see how fast we can go. So, you know, it's limited to 50 mile an hour, which let's, let's approach the elephant in the room here is certain types of men love to hate this event, Yeah, whether they're jealous or insecure or too stupid to read a map. Or entitled or whatever. Yeah. 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 So this, this is a, a navigation rally. So what you're trying to do is, is you're given a map and a compass the day, you know, day one, your phones, devices, cameras that aren't even allowed that have little GPS functionality and things like oh, that. Oh, sure. Sure. They wrap them up, I believe. Yeah. Right? They wrap them up. They Duct cover screen. Like if your car has like a navigation screen, that's all like kind of taped, taped up, up and covered. Um, cool. And, uh, I don't know what the term for it is, but in quarantine, although yes. that has a different meaning after the last year or two. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that has the capability of providing navigational assistance. Yeah, you get a is, map and a compass. Got it. Yeah. Cool. So um, you're navigating from checkpoint. There's three types of checkpoints. There's green, blue, and black. So green checkpoints are staffed. So everyone has to go through the green checkpoints. And that kind of gives you the your base level of points. If you complete just the green checkpoints each day, that means you've completed the route. For the okay. Day. If you can... And, and then on top of that, you have blue checkpoints, which are harder to find than greens, but not as hard as black checkpoints. So they have a small little flag that uh, competitors basically get a... Uh, oh, there's a hole like punch a, or something. A little, no, it's actually like a GPS oh, tracker. tracker. Okay. And they're yeah. based, you know, they're they're judged on how close they were to that point. And that where it becomes really challenging and what separates the winners from those who don't, those who are competing and those who are... You know, there's a lot of people, I think, respectfully, that just go on the rebel to... 
have, have an a adventure. great experience sure. and a great adventure um, is, is, are these black checkpoints. They're generally in technical terrain. No flag. There's no flag. Marked. So you have to, with, you know, map, compass, dead reckoning, and how, however you're doing this, wow. you have to find these places that are in the desert and it's set up to where you can't just get everything. So there's a strategy, like I'm going to try and get, you know, checkpoint 16, 19, 21, and 27, because that's a route. And there's no way that you could get back to checkpoint 15 and whatever numbers that I didn't say. Um, (laughs) And then the checkpoints, you know, every team's not necessarily going to the same ones. They have different ones that they've been, I guess, assigned. Oh, interesting. You can't follow another team. Because that might not be your checkpoint. Ah, so it's a way to kind of prevent people hedging by following maybe a team that has a great reputation for navigation or something. That was my idea was just follow Nina. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But But an easy way to remember, like ski hills, you have your green, blue, black. So the black the black points are not only more difficult terrain wise, but then they're also not, you don't know that you've actually made it. You don't know. And so then, and then what do you do? You push a button to say, push a button and then tracker. So all, all, okay. of the, all of the cars have, you know, there's also some safety stuff that goes in, you know, when you're taking people's cell phones or locking people's cell phones away, there are mechanics on the event that can come and help you. So, you know, there was a Porsche that like totally destroyed an axle, an axle shaft and, and CV joint and stuff. So there's actually a satellite phone in the car. Okay. The satellite phone is emergency only. And sure. there's also a vehicle tracker. Like when you're staff, you can actually go on and, and, and well, actually anybody can go online and track during the competition, live scoring and where the competitors are throughout the event. That's impressive. It's it's actually pretty technical. A lot of the stuff comes from sailing races, yachting and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Well, that makes sense. If someone was to have a rollover and maybe they're unconscious or, or maybe the vehicle caught on fire and they needed to get out, they would see that the signal has dropped this was the last known location or the the vehicle hasn't moved in two hours or whatever. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and comms, like all the staff, most of the staff, they have comms. So obviously the medical lab there. Yeah. All all the push to talk satellite Mm -hmm. communications this year, which was really, really cool. So cool. Yeah, but it's it's just a fantastic race. This year was eight. Rally, Matt. Rally. rally. Sorry, <laughs> it's not a Matt, race. Matt for likes speed. to go fast. <laughs> it's 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 a wonderful event. Yeah, try, try criticizing that one. Um, it's a wonderful event. Uh, I want to say this year was eight stages. Yeah, right. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, eight. Stages. And are are any yeah. of the stages like a special task where like you something you'd see in the Camel Trophy where they need to build a bridge or or no, are they all I mean, they're all some version of a driving all event? Pretty full on. There's 2,200 kilometers of primarily dirt that's covered. And you know, as I was saying earlier uh, with the route, went up extraterrestrial highway, kind of over towards Tonopah, and then down towards Death Valley. Uh, this year, they actually were the first competition that ever got permission to do Titus Canyon. Oh, sure. That's cool um, through there. Beautiful. So that was super, super special. That's beautiful. Um, I think that there. just goes to say, you know, how much work and how much respect the event does have for those lands. But yeah, that is where, where things got interesting. Yeah. There was like 65 mile an hour winds and we were camped. The photos the were awesome. Bed. If you haven't seen them, it's so great. I, I think I posted some stuff on Overland Journal. Um, I know there's stuff on the Rebel Rally yes. uh, Instagram page. It was apocalyptic. I also had my TRX there that I loaned it to Chris Walker for, uh, he was driving media around. I, I had to get in that thing and go like three miles down the valley to find, uh, what, what are those, the silver tents called? Oh, sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking 
talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, the space pod, the pod, shift something pod. shift pod. Yeah. A shift yes. pod, like, you know, they look like alien spacecraft. <laughs> yeah. And you're, this time you're on the other side of Area 51. And then, and then you just kind of like, in, in, in this whiteout, you see this silvery thing just kind of like take off. And you're like, okay. Um, you know. <laughs> so it like exited the whole yeah. area. It, it exited. It was found miles away. Oh, wow. Rochelle Croft's belongings were still inside of it when oh, they wow. found it oh, like wow. miles and miles away, yeah. all oh, intact. Wow. So she was pretty happy to get all of her stuff back. On her. That's hilarious. Another question that comes to mind, you, t- you mentioned the 50 miles an hour. Since it's a rally, do they actually deduct points if you go over that 50 mile an hour? Yeah. And that was a problem mm-hmm. this year. Like on the first, it was the first day, right? At first or second day. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. It's all a blur now, to be honest. Some people were, you know, you'd look down on the tracker and people were doing like 70 mile an hour. Sure. And you have to put it into context. You know, again, people will kind of criticize the event for this 50 mile an hour speed limit. These are are public lands. These are public lands. Open roads. In stock vehicles without roll cages. Sure. Mm -hmm. It has to be I was struggling to do 50 in my TRX. Sure. That's 700 horsepower. Sure. (laughs) All of the travel. Yeah. You know, a lot, this is everything from us. There was a stock Subaru Crosstrek this year. Sure. You know, I think it's less, this event is less about what you put on the vehicle and how you modify it and how much money you spend. There's less ego in vehicle and the ego is in the, is in the competitor and it's in the skills of that. Yeah. The driver and the navigator. Yeah. Sure. You know, it's, strategy. I love that. Strategy super important. Yeah, but I love you just, that. You, just, you couldn't drive 50 on a lot of these roads. A lot of them are really technical. They're not just like open flat desert stuff. I mean, although there is parts of that. And and you helped monitor the on-time enduro. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. A, I did. I think it was. T- I did two of the on-time enduros where they, you know, they have to average a certain amount of speed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two That's things. really difficult. It's really, really difficult. And the interesting thing was this: how close people actually were, which gave you a, you know, a clue in as as to the talent of these women. You know, I, I want to say the one that I did, they had to finish it within 17 minutes, and there was like a two-minute interval, and like most of them came in like within seconds. And is there a rally computer on board? Mm-hmm. Uh, they that have gives map. them average speeds. Yeah. They, they have, uh, Terra trips. Terra trips. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that Terra helps. And, yeah. Terra trips. And some of them have ICOs. But what really can set it off is uh wheel spin instead of taking the center of the route that they go, they cut all the apexes or they, maybe they blow some corners and it adds time and distance. People blowing corners on mine. I, I had a, I had a, something like almost roll and roll into my earth roamer that was parked <laughs> behind the turn. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the day that, yeah, that was the yelled. day I was like, yeah, that's, that was probably the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a little chat at base camp. Yeah. That, but, um, Emily was not super happy, but it makes sense as the event gets more and more popular and there's more and more at stake. These are some people are now sponsored and there's yeah. big OEM involvement. So there's it's going to make sense. That seven OEMs involved this year, which I think is the coolest part. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. just, to see so much support at every single level from Matt, you being there with Max Tracks to Volkswagen and Volkswagen, Rivian, Rivian, I mean, Jeep, Kia, mm-hmm. Nissan, yep. Porsche. I mean, these are, these are big. Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi Honda, Toyota, Honda, Toyota. And yeah. 50, I think it was 50%, almost 50% of the teams were rookies this year, which is yeah. a and lot. And some of them did really good. The, the Toyota uh, engineers. Yep. What's the story on the Toyota engineers. Mm, I'm going to turn that one over to you. Oh, they just rocked it. Like, so they, they were, so they were well. both, they were both Toyota engineers, yes. product engineers. Yeah. In the Shikoya. 
It was yeah, like Team Sequoias. <laughs> yeah. What a great name. Yeah. So they won the Rookie of the Year Award and they just placed really, really well and did a great job for the first year. So and and was the vehicle totally stock or, or mm. like a TRD? Mm. It was probably a TRD it was a version. TRD, TRD mm-hmm. version of the Sequoia. It sounded great. I yeah, was the five seven. Sure, it was. It was. It was throaty. I think it was pretty much stock. Yeah, it, it definitely didn't have exactly. that much done to it. Mm-hmm. And then what stood out in your mind of what they did different or better than the other rookies? I, didn't, I, I think I that the know. top teams. The thing that I saw, you know, Elizabeth Williams um, mm-hmm. and and her sister, um, friend, friends of Scott and I, they were, were. I think they were the second highest scoring team. And the thing that I saw between between those two teams was they were really, really comfortable and they had great communication sure. with their co-driver and their navigator sure. or, or the driver, vice versa. This is maybe a little controversial. On, on the Rebel, I, I, it's like, I think the driver's kind of an Uber driver. You know, you're being told where to go by the navigator. Sure. And you have to have that trust and you have to work together. And if you're not working together, you know, and to a point that the driver has to say, no, this isn't, you know, they have to have their, their own common sense. But um, the navigation is the really, really hard part. I think the success for teams is mastering the navigation and and having trust as a team. Yeah. Because if there's no trust, then your driver's second guessing. You know, I mean, like mm-hmm. there's there's definitely people on the event that I talked to that really were struggling, you know, with their teammates and, you know, they you you could see it. Mm. Um, and that must be a special person that you can spend a week of a time with in a vehicle all day, every day, making strategic decisions and then sleeping in a tent, stressful environment, sleep in a tent together. Sure. They can be separate. They can can bring your own tent, but I think a lot of them, yeah. Share tents too. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense with Elizabeth being her sister. They they've communicated together their whole life. And, And even if something feels contentious with a sibling, it's usually very brief. Yeah, because we're I, I, it usually isn't like you don't have like the big meltdown. You have like the the mini meltdown kind of a thing. I would just have a meltdown like every five minutes. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it is an incredibly challenging event. Lots. Of, I think there were several mother daughter teams. Which yeah, several. That is, is so cool. cool. So place, cool. The Benzies. Mm-hmm. So is, let's talk about the other the classes. So yeah. there. There is a a stock crossover class. Yeah, it's it's called X Cross, and okay. that's, that's a I guess that's a class uh, you know specific to the Rebel. Okay, um, so that's everything from a Porsche Cayenne to a Subaru. You know, this year a Ford Bronco Sport won it. Okay, who was driving the Cora Jonakin was driving and Melissa Fisher. Fisher. Okay, um, you know, and then Kia actually sponsored two vehicles this year, and I want to say they were like Korean spec. PHEVs. Okay. They both were, yeah, second and third place. Yeah, second and third. So, uh, Tina May and Tana White came in second place. And that's in the PHEV class? That was in the X Cross class. X Cross class. Okay. I think the, the electrified designation is a separate. So, it's a crossover electrified. It's kind of, there's like an electrified designation. Okay. But they yeah. don't compete against each other specifically. They okay. are all competing against each other. So, it's like a designation, okay. I guess. Okay. Yeah. And that's within the four by four class. So that the, the bulk of, I'm not going to say that the real competition, because that's the totally the wrong way to say it, that the X cross class is a super huge challenge, but these are all wheel drive, all, all wheel drive vehicles. I mean, they can have four wheel drive. I don't think there's anything that, you know, necessarily prohibits them. You know, there are different routes that the X cross class is going to take. And the cool thing with X cross is it just opens it up to more people. Sure. You know, if you don't have a, you know, a four wheel drive, 
And, you know, you can just take what's in your driveway. You put some tires and wheels on it. I want to say is, is pretty much what most people will do when you go. Um, Maybe a bash plate or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, so within the four by four class, which is probably the more contested class, I guess. Mm-hmm. is, is And what qualifies it as a four wheel drive? Does it have to have low range? Uh, low range. Although I don't think it has to have low range. I think range. it's about the transfer case. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably then low range. Um, you know, I guess I always looked at it as like, that's a, that's a crossover. It's in the actual. Sure. Class. That's a four wheel drive. That's in the four by four class. Sure. You know, that's where you're seeing Jeeps, FJ Cruisers, pickup trucks, Tacomas. Yeah. Tacomas, sure. That, yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, Jeep was the most popular this year. Jeep, a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. They actually swept first, second, and third in the four by four class, which was really cool. And, and who uh, won that? Nina Barlow and Terrellyn. Go that. Nina. Fantastic driver, fantastic four wheel drive trainer. Terrellyn's an insane navigator. And they actually did, they they actually got the bone stock win. So there's also a, if the vehicle is completely stock, there's an additional trophy for that. And, and wasn't it a PHEV Wrangler? It was, yeah. it was a four by E. So first so and cool. second this year were, mm-hmm. were Wrangler four by E's. So cool. Both completely stock. Third, third place was a, well, here's the argument is third place was a, was a 2021 Wrangler Eco Diesel that had, you know, it had bumpers that were factory Mopar bumpers. Sure. It had factory Mopar beadlock wheels. It had a factory Mopar lift. So it wasn't necessarily bone stock, but I mean, I guess now you could just go, it's essentially mimics the recon recon extreme package. You know, maybe next year that'll be the, the, the one so to go cool. For. It's so been cool, cool to see Jeep yeah. support the event, you know, from the beginning. Yep. You know, that that's been really cool. And now a word from one of the supporters of our podcast. Red Arc. At Overland Journal, we go off-grid every chance we get. From the most technical trails to crossing continents, it's no match for Red Arc's Topro Elite. This brake controller has been torture-tested in the toughest place on the planet, the Australian Outback. Easy to install, its dash mount remote head makes for quick calibration and ensures you won't be hitting your knees. You can seamlessly switch between proportional for the highway and user-controlled for the steepest, most rugged trails out there. You may not trust the terrain you're on, but you can always trust Red Arc's Tow Pro Elite. Tow with confidence by visiting redarkelectronics.com. And Nina is a known entity in the industry and a professional and a yeah. full drive trainer, and she manages big events herself. You can see why pairing her up with the right navigator is like, that's tough to beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she had a pretty commanding lead this year. They yeah. just she, went for it. Like on the day that we had that crazy storm, they were still out there in these gales in sand dunes. You couldn't dunes. see 20 feet and she was in the dunes driving, you know. It, trying to use a compass. That's insane. That's yeah. impressive. And, and getting, and they were getting stuff. So they were. Um, again, like so much of, of this rally comes down to endurance. Like I guess Emily's thing is that there's a rally within the rally for the staff. Yes. And it takes a while to even recover as staff. It does. (laughs) So how did did that feel to you, Ashley, being, having to keep up with that kind of output on the media side? Yeah, it's challenging. Um, I think the lack of sleep, that's one of the things that gets you and uh, working those long days. It's nice to be able to work with a, a really good team as well. Like Emily always talks about, she has the best team in the world, which is very flattering, but um, we each have our own team within the bigger team. So sure. it's all about, obviously for my role, I uh, rely on the photographers a lot and uh, my 
lead, Kirsten, who is amazing working with her and and the photo manager and all of the different media people to get shots. Even sometimes I'll ask Dan who he flies the drone and he has amazing shots to lend me a couple. I can post them on some of those were incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He's very talented. So yeah, I think we, we have to think about it like a marathon, not a sprint and just Mm. take one day at a time. And yeah, but it's very rewarding to have, you're like, Oh, I got through that as well. I also looked at the women after that storm night, they had to go right onto a marathon stage, which means they don't have any food truck or what else? There was like not very many facilities, I guess, at that next uh, base camp. It was basically like dry camping. And so they went from this crazy storm to this super remote camp with two days of really long, hard competition. And um, I just, yeah, I was in such admiration of them all because that's so tough. I was so impressed. I mean, there was not a single complaint that I saw from any of the teams about that. Most of them were like, that was epic. What an amazing adventure. There wasn't anything about sand in the sleeping bag. I mean, right. it was just really. Only from me. <laughs> yeah. Only from me too. Our tent was like completely, <laughs> you should see this photo. It was like all of our stuff covered in sand, but, but, but it's like all the, com- good. the competitors were, they were, they were in it. They were yeah. just in it. And, well, and, and the making- positivity in the tent, once the tent reopened, cause they had to kind of, I mean, it was, it was gnarly. They had to kind of structurally in- inspect it. The vibes were great. People were excited and it was either be in the tent or be not in. <laughs> like the, the main tent. media tent is that yeah, you mean? Yeah. 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 What do you see Ashley about that organization now that you've done it for three years? Cause Emily Miller and her team, they're known for their professionalism and the level level of, I would say, not only professionalism, but execution of the event. It's very impressive. It does not feel like a small time event. It feels very professional at a very high level. What are some things that you've noticed and you too, Matt, but what have you guys noticed about that organization that's different? Like what makes it perform that much better? She doesn't sleep. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't sleep. So good. (laughs) She's great leadership. It sounds like incredible, incredible leadership. She really knows how to yell at people with making them smile. Something that I took away from that. <laughs> yes, but the, um, I love it when Emily gives like her pep talks to yeah. both the t- the internal team and also to the teams. Mm. She's a leader through and through. I think you that's can see what it. it is. You can see it. A yeah. lot of competence, a lot of specific knowledge because she's done it herself, and then she really seems to reflect a really high level of of leadership for yeah. sure. And she lives and breathes it. You know, they're yeah. they're researching and running those courses all year round. Yeah, yeah. so she lives breathes. She's very passionate about it. And yeah, I yeah. mean, I think people will critique the cost mm. of mm. the rebel. So the rebel is $15,000, but that's why it turns out the way it does. But you have Drew Deckman, who has one of the hottest restaurants in Mexico is in the Guadalupe Valley. Shout out to Drew doing all the catering. I mean, it's wonderful food. You know, you have showers, you have good showers, bathrooms, you know, base camp. That's awesome. And it's, it's almost a 10 day event by the time it's what it's Wednesday competitors get into Sunday, they leave. Mm -hmm. And and again, I get the the monster energy flat bill crowd. Oh, there's so much money. I'm like, I know what you spend on Modelo for the 1000. I know what you spend on tires. I know what you spend on all of this. Like you can't, unless you've actually done it, like I I will almost guarantee you, this is not a huge, this is not a a money making project for Emily Miller. This is a passion project. And she deserves to make a living. Yeah, she deserves. And so does her staff. Yeah, yeah. Um, she built, she pays people on the event. Well, she, she, she looks after people, but you know, this year I was kind of privy to some like unexpected expenses. Sure. You know, five digit expenses that 
Like damage from a giant windstorm that you went through. <laughs> yeah. A giant windstorm or like catering yeah. went crazy or this or that. And it's sure. like. With an event of this magnitude, you're going to have things yeah. that are going to come up for yeah. sure. Um, and the level that it's done is unlike anything I've seen. I mean, like Harry mm. Wagner, who does the press releases and an automotive journalist, you know, he's been on, you know, he's done pretty much everything. He's done Dakar. He's done, you know, the Norris? score, Nora, Nora, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is the best run rally that I've ever I've ever been to. And I think a lot of it does really come down to the staff. They're just fantastic people. And there's just drive. Everybody that's there, you know, I went on the first rebel and this is the sixth rebel. Mm. And what's cool is that the same people are still on it. It says a lot. And when you have a high stress event like this, that's once a year that, you know, people may have, you know, stuff might come up or whatever. Um, the fact like almost all of that crew is still there, I think just speaks volumes about the leadership of the event and the event itself. People believe in it and it's cool now to see. Yeah, we totally do. I mean, we've yeah. been so fortunate. We were the first sponsor. Yeah, we were the, yeah. we were fortunate to be the first sponsor. Yeah. The, no, the first I'll, media. I'll fight you for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were the first media sponsor. Yeah. So uh, we were, we were literally the both the first sponsor. Yeah. So, you know, it, so it's cool. just, it's been cool to see the, the segment, this type of motorsport and competition develop. Yeah. Because it's now, so great. Cause now you walk in and you're like, like, you know, like, oh, that team's good. That team's good that team's great. Like, you, you know, you can kind of start to get in it. And, and we're at that point now where the, the competitors themselves have evolved and the competition has evolved. Sure. The event has evolved. The even like evolved. the last And, and it years. can go so many ways, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, it, it's been really cool. Oh, I think it's great. Sounds like that starting with a great vehicle, you don't really need to do a lot of modifications to the car. It doesn't give you some huge advantage. If you have a good driver and a good navigator, or you've invested the time in becoming good drivers and good navigators and yeah. collaborating well as a team, that will serve you far better than some set of shocks. Navigation training and, and yeah. driver training. Totally. Eight stages. I'd want some good shocks too. But Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, that'll just help prevent you and, from and, and whatever, breaking yeah. down and that yeah, kind and I think of thing. 30, so. It's max of a 35 inch tire. Don't know the yeah, answer I think 35s to that. That makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. uh, sounds like it really wouldn't benefit you to have much larger than that anyways. No, it would not. No. And you're just going to have more stuck no. and broken, but it's, you know, it, it's cool. The, the event as of last week was 50% at, you know, at capacity, 50% sold already. Wow. Um, for the next year for 2022. Wow. So, so cool. Yeah. So cool. Now, Ashley, how do people find out more about the Rebel Rally? If someone is interested in participating, how do they go about doing that? And what is typically expected from them? Like I I remember hearing about some training that they do. And so how do people find out more information? And if they're interested in in racing, what are some things that they need to think about before they make that decision? Yeah, I would highly recommend visiting their website, rebelrally.com. All the information is there. They even have packing lists and suggestions for training. I know they run uh, what's called Rebel U. And so cool. that, yeah, they have various courses. And then if you don't necessarily do Rebel U, then there are other courses that are listed there that you can mm-hmm. take instead. So they have the list of recommended ones. You can also visit them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and YouTube. Oh, so All the cool. usual suspects. 
So cool. <laughs> Matt, what were, what were some of the takeaways from you for you for the event? I mean, what did you leave there with the takeaway on? Tough women. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It was a lot of adverse conditions this year. All of these nights in a tent with little sleep, long days, you know, you're up at, most of the teams are up at four or 5 a.m., yep. you know, and they're not going to bed until 10 because, you know, they get their maps the night before and they're planning their strategies and things. Um, Just really tough competitors. Yeah. And I love the fact that it ends with this big celebration. And- I had oysters yeah. <laughs> at Glamis. Yeah. It's nice to put a dress on at the end of that. You know, I think you, you walk in and everybody's like, oh, wow. Like you clean up well. How <laughs> do they see you like looking you clean up really well? Full of sand. <laughs> you cleaned up in a porta potty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, showers. So True. it, so it, it, uh, it ends in Glamis. So, so lots of driving in the dunes and then it kind of wraps up with this gala, gala. at the yeah. end of it. Red oh, carpet. Is- so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. That's, that's really fun. Well, you know, thank you both for being there and helping to support such a great event. Emily and her team, we, we just really support you. We're grateful that you have the event available uh, for those that want to find out more information. We'll also put links in the show notes and in the description. So that way you can check that out. We'll also include some footage in the YouTube video that we're recording for the podcast as well. Check it out for sure. Rebelrally.com. All right. Thank you all for listening and we will talk Talk to you next time.